new person practices. Reading Scripture Joshua 1.8 reads, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have a good success. 1 Peter 2, 2 and 3. Desire God's pure word as newborn babies desire milk. Then you will grow in your salvation. Certainly you have tasted that the Lord is good. Scripture is the written word of God, containing 66 individual books, 39 from the Old Testament and 27 from the New. It was written in three languages by 40 different authors over a span of 1,500 years. Written by kings and shepherds, pastors, fishermen, and soldiers even, these authors were inspired by the Holy Spirit to tell God's story throughout history as one unified story. Through Scripture, we learn who Jesus is, His character and nature, how He interacts with His creation, and His purpose in revealing Himself to all people. God progressively reveals himself to us for our spiritual formation and transformation even. And as we allow his story to shape ours through the power of the Spirit, we come face to face with the living God. A six-part overview of the story of the Bible may be helpful in understanding the story arc. First up, creation in Genesis 1 and 2. The story begins with God, and we read that He has always existed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Long before He began creating, He simply was. Genesis 1 and 2 unveil the movement from God existing to God creating and God revealing His heart to dwell with those who were made in His image. Second, the fall found in Genesis 3. Genesis 3 records the Great Rebellion the breaking of the relationship between humans and God, and the fracturing of the image of God within us. In Adam and Eve's disobedience, humanity and creation are plunged into brokenness and sin and now live in a state of exile from the presence of God, who is our true home. Third, Israel, found in Genesis 3 through Malachi 4. The rest of the Old Testament becomes the story of God calling the people of Israel to be ones through whom his blessing will come. Beginning with the call of Abraham and Sarah in Genesis 12, continuing through the exodus from Egypt, and following the rise of the kings in the Old Testament, God moved among the people of Israel to reveal his heart, his character, and his vision. Through scripture, one cry rises above all, and that is, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Fourth, Jesus, found in the story of the Gospels. Jesus is this promised Messiah and King. He is God with us. He's born to liberate people from the penalty and the power of sin. He invites them to life in the kingdom of God, where God rules and reigns. Through his life, death, resurrection, and ascension, Jesus is revealed as the true image of God and the one who reconciles people back to God. The heart of this gospel message that God has reconciled people to himself through Jesus the Messiah and will one day restore all things in creation again. Fifth, church and the spirit, found in Acts and the letters and the epistles. 
Jesus ascends to heaven and the Spirit of God descends to earth and is poured out at Pentecost as the church is born. The church, God's new family, begins to grow in villages and cities across Asia and Europe. The church is God's people delivered through the gospel, living in the way of Jesus through the power of the Spirit, seeking to see Christ formed more deeply in people as disciples are made and multiplied. And then sixth, restoration, found in Revelation 21 and 22. In the end, we have a new beginning the new heaven and the new earth, the eternal new Jerusalem of God, where God again dwells with his people, a place of freedom from pain, sin, Satan, and death, a place filled with God's glory, life, and goodness forever and ever, world without end. So let's move on to the practice. In architecture, a keystone is the stone that sits directly in the center of an arch, helping lock the surrounding rocks in place. Without a keystone, an arch would fall apart. In a similar way, reading scripture is a keystone habit for believers. It's a practice that creates a chain reaction for other spiritual formation practices. So if there's one practice to which you continually return, let it be that of reading scripture. While there are many ways to read and study scripture, we've provided two methods below. As you set aside time to read and meditate on the word, you'll encounter the one who authored it so that you might know and become more like him. Method one, formation study. Before you open the scriptures, pray a simple prayer from Psalm 119.18. Lord, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Then read the scripture. Read one chapter of scripture in a sitting, reading through the passage slowly. And then begin to ask probing questions of the text. What general truths is the passage revealing? What does it reveal about God, about the gospel, about being a new person, about the family of God and the mission of God? What does this passage reveal about you? What emotions are you experiencing as you read it? What are the truths that are being stirred up within your soul? How is this passage inviting you to live in the way of Jesus? How is it inviting you to greater Christ-likeness? And then connect the truths revealed in the passage to your inner formation to Jesus. How does the passage inform you of who you are becoming in Christ? Are there specific practices arising from it that can shape how you live more in the way of Jesus? Apply the passage to your life. How can you love and serve the family of Jesus more deeply because of what you've learned? How can you love and serve the lost and the least? And then close out your time of prayer, inviting the Holy Spirit to root your heart and mind in what he has revealed to you in this time. Method two, inductive Bible study. Begin with observation. What does the passage say? Read your selected passage two or three times, preferably in different translations. Make a list of observations, trying to be as specific as possible about what the passage is saying. Avoid skipping ahead to what the passage means or how to apply it. Simply observe it, asking, who? Who is writing? Who is the audience? Who's mentioned? What? What type of literature is it? What is being discussed and what is happening? 
Where? Where is the action occurring? When? When did the action take place? What is the time in history? And why? What reasons are given? And what is the purpose of the events? Then, move to interpretation. One of the most important things about studying the Bible is understanding what the author meant at the time he wrote it. Ask questions about the passage. Why did the author say this? Why did he put this verse here? What is its significance in light of the passage's context, the paragraph, the chapter, or even the book? Define important words. What themes do the surrounding verses suggest? Then spend time in meditation, processing the passage to bridge interpretation and application. Ask God for insight into the passage and how to apply it to your life. Spend time thinking about the verses. Prayer practices come in many forms. Some might find benefits to handwriting scripture. Others might enjoy reading a passage aloud several times, allowing themselves to take in its various aspects. And some people will find that moving, going for a walk, or hiking outdoors helps scripture lodge deeper into their lives. Find out what works best for you and do it. And then end with application. Ask yourself, in light of what I know, what does God want me to do? Here are some ways you can practice the work of reading scripture with your family or your faith community. Read a section from the Jesus Storybook Bible with young children and spend time discussing it. For auditory learners, use the YouVersion app to soak in the scriptures. Choose a yearly plan like the Solid Life Whole Bible Reading Plan and use the audio function to have it read over you. For visual learners, use a guide such as the Machane One-Year Reading Plan to track your reading over the course of the year. Rick Dunn provides the following observation on the practice of reading Scripture. So often, I want to read the Scripture to get the information I know or to get insight into what I'm supposed to do. And I find more and more that reading the Scripture means this is who he is, This is what it means to be a part of his story. This is how I can begin to make sense of my story in relation to him. I often use the word reframe because it helps remind me that the scriptures are not simply trying to tell me something. They're seeking to be the core resource that the Holy Spirit uses to transform me by renewing my mind. As I read the scriptures, I look at the world I live in now. I see war and violence deconstruction of faith and church, the polarization of communities and people. But I look at it through the lens of a God that always redeems. And I remember that he often uses my personal story as an oasis of peace and truth and grace in a hurting world. Reading the scriptures has transformed how I lead, how I parent, and even how I press into conflicts with my wife. It's changed how I interact with those who oppose or criticize me. I'm learning to surrender to a story that ultimately exalts the name of Jesus so that his kingdom comes, his will is done, on earth as it is in heaven. One of the things that we've done within the book is we've provided a lot of white space. Space to write in the margins and to journal thoughts that you have. At this point, 
grab a piece of paper or a journal and write down what you've learned, what God has revealed, and what you're thinking about. 